0: nation Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf A Generous Podcast this week for the Open Championship, the final major of the year. As usual, I am here
1: with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambolin. Tyler, what is up, my friend? We made it, last major of the season. Kenny, going to talk some Scottish Open, going to talk some Rory mcelroy getting the job done. But before we do, want to remind everyone very quickly: this show is brought to you and presented by pricepicks.com If you haven't yet done so, hop on over to pricepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Kenny, Rory comes through, lights out. And look, the last two holes, we're going to talk all of it in a second, but just in general, the two birdies that he needed to steal it away, I I said the RM and Rory McIlroy stands for Robs McIntyre. Rob's me too, 90 to 1. That was a good bet. With eight places, take the placing. But man, the craziest part, though, was as Rory was doing that, he was waiting Five minutes in between shots as guys were making doubles and bogeys with him with with Fleetwood and uh Tom and, and guys like that. And just everything that you watch everyone else do down the stretch, and then he just comes through, lights out for the last two. He said it himself. I felt like with that shot I made on eighteen, I deserved to make that putt. Definitely looked that way. Good, good for him getting the job done, winning the Scottish Open. Yeah, I mean 17 pretty easy hole, par five. You gotta you gotta
0: take advantage of those par fives of the Scottish Open. But eighteen is the tough last year was the toughest hole on tour. I think it played like 0. 0.7 strokes over par last year. I think this year it was playing like 0. 0.65 strokes over par. So it's going to be one of the hardest holes on tour. And he goes and birdies it to win. He deserves a W. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Uh deserve that win. Great W for him. I didn't catch much uh, of the event because of the weird TV times and stuff like that. I did catch this morning uh, a little bit. Uh, and and I, I mean, the birdie was amazing on 18. He deserved the win. It was super clutch. I mean, everything you could ask for for Rory, it happened. Uh,
1: it was a great win for McElroy. It's just what always happens, right? Well, now we're going into a major. It's the the flip of it. Usually it feels like it's the other way where he doesn't come in, come through at a major. Then he'll just come out and win another event. And People are like, what do you want from the guy? Like, he didn't win. You know, he doesn't win the Open or He wins the FedEx Cup or something like that. It's like just the way it goes. That's golf. It, you know, he takes his wins where he can get them. But like you said, I think it was McIntyre and only one other person before him that that birdied 18 today. So Roy was the third to birdie it, and it was enough to get the job done for the win. Some other guys, Scheffler, T3, again, just insane run this guy is on and just not being able to find a putter or, you know, many other things. It just feels like he's just, because of that, it's just the result is the result. You're going to get it, but you're not really going to get the win right now until we see what happens this week. So uh, that'll be a topic of conversation. Fleetwood Hatton up the board i know a lot of people had bets on them they came through but you know t6 for both of those guys and then there's like a sneaky crew kenny in the back like homa lowry sam burns Connors. some of those guys sitting in top 20 that we'll be bringing up this week again we'll get to the course and how much it actually translates and brings over any other thoughts on the scottish open from you
0: yeah, I mean Hatton Fleetwood Homer were Cascade Cornerstones. They were six six and twelve, but those are the only three guys that made the cut on my gas team. So it did not do well uh, this week. Hopefully, you guys use those three and it helps you with your lineup. So for me, it did not. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to this week. I mean I'm ready to talk about the Open Championship. How where we do that? Uh, let's go over the Listener League first. Uh, so talk about our Listener League for this week, Tampa.
1: Yeah, we did it. So we we got the saving grace where we didn't have overlay that one week where we missed by 57 spots or whatever. So they still rolled it out. So Lister League, 2,500 entries. So it is a $5 three max, same as usual. This week it is going to be around 17% paid. I know people had asked about that. We made sure that was corrected. 1,500 to first, 150 to 10. And last min cash, I always say this the weird way, min cash gets double your money. So uh, really good tournament to be in if you're not in the other ones that are already out there. Mayo's got one as well, of course. But this one for sure is the one to hop into with 2,500 spots open. So check that out. And the winner of last week, Kenny, Darren McLovin. What do we got? Yeah, uh, no avatar.
0: He had 547 and a half points. Uh, he started with Rory, the winner, who was only 11% owned uh, in our league. Manhattan, Hatton, who was 30% owned uh, in our league, who finished sixth, of course. Ryan Fox finished in 12th. Um, 17.5% owned. Um, Bjork, who was chalky chalky, 25% owned. Still did all right, finished in 35th. Uh, Bobby Mack, of course, runner-up, $6,800, 12% owned. And Jordan Smith, the link specialist, 13% owned. Solid work. Uh, finished in, what did he finish? Uh, 12th place as well. It's a really solid lineup.
1: Yeah, looked good. You said it, though. I mean, a lot of the, the chalk got there this week. It was spread out. The only interesting thing about this lineup was there was nobody under 10%, but Rory at 11 being the guy up top under owned. I think that's definitely where this one stands out. Other than that, it seems pretty well set up with Hatton and Bjork being a little bit chalky. And then you got the two mid tier guys, uh, 12% on both Smith and McIntyre. And then Rory, you get in at 11% as well. So really nice lineup from Darren McLovin, you know, the, the stats play out. Shout out to bring the noise in second. He does have an avatar. It's a ship at avatar. So shout out to him. And then, Kevin, K. and PGA, a regular, came in six. He had a pretty big week as well. But Darren McLovin, I already saw him join the Tournament of Champions. We'll have more details on that once we get everything finalized with it. But we will be prizes, will be tickets, cash, things like that, memberships. We'll do all that stuff that we usually do. He already joined the Tournament of Champions, and then we'll see him in the three-man this week for the Open. All
0: right, so let's get to the Open Championship. Let's get to, to uh, this event. The final major of the year is upon us. Uh, As the best players in the world, they head to Royal Liverpool at Hoylake for the 151st Open Championship. Uh, This is the 13th time this course has hosted the Open, but only the third time this century. Um, Tiger won here in 2006. Rory won in 2014. Now, when looking at these two winners, you'd expect that they both outdrove the rest of the field, considering that they were the best drivers of the golf ball in the world at the time. But that really wasn't the case for both. Uh, Tiger basically left his driver in the bag, uh, hit two iron off the tee all week. The conditions were very crusty, and the rollout on the tee shots was massive. Uh, that year, Tiger finished outside the top 50 in driving distance, but was first in driving accuracy. Uh, Rory, on the other hand, played in less concrete-like conditions, as the course was a bit softer due to rain. Uh, because of this, he was driver-heavy all week. Uh, he led the field in driving distance, but he also finished inside the top 20 in driving accuracy. So, you know, what does that tell us? Well, both hit their irons well, were good around the around and on the greens. They differed on their approach off the tee, but were both successful. Uh, to me, this shows that when it comes to off the tee stats this week, golfers can succeed multiple ways on this course. But of course, they will need their other facets of the game to be on to be on the first page of the leaderboard. Uh, Now, I I suspect we see many take the conservative approach, like Tiger, uh, off the tee because of all the trouble on tee shots, but there will be a few golfers who take the aggressive approach and try to fly the menacing pot bunkers in the fairway landing zones uh, and cuts this course to pieces. Now, finding that guy is going to be tough, but I can see golfers like, you know, Rory, Clark, maybe a few others uh, go this route, maybe Bryson, uh, unless the weather takes a turn for the worse. Now, as most, of the, as most know, the weather is usually the main defense of a Lynx course, and Hoy Lake's no different. Uh, even though the conditions were quite different in 2006 and 2014, the one thing that was the same was moderate winds. Not crazy winds like we saw today in the final round of the Scottish Open, but like 12 to 18 mile per hour winds, few more gusts throughout the week. Uh, Even though it was a nuisance, it really didn't bother Tiger and Rory too much as they won with scores of minus 18 and minus 17, respectively. Uh, As of now, there looks to be moderate wind Thursday and Friday with average wind speed between 10 and 15 miles per hour with possible gusts up to 30 miles per hour for the first two rounds. Uh, As for the weekend, the average wind speed is in the single digits with gusts up to 10 to 15 miles per hour. Now, rain is also in the forecast uh, for the weekend. Uh, and, and if this weather forecast holds, and that's a big if, you know, early in the week we're this, uh this late Sunday night. So if the weather holds, I would expect the winning score to be somewhere in the mid-teens under par. I'd make it lower, but one of the par fives has been converted to a long par four since the last time this course is played. Also, uh, you know, there have been some work on uh, the other back nine par five as it received extra length. Uh, The biggest change to the course is probably the par 3 17th hole. They totally redid this hole. It's brand new, and it should be the trademark hole of the course. Beautiful hole. Now, uh, Royal Liverpool at Hoy Lake is a 7,400-yard par 71, four par 3s and three par 5s. The four par 3s have yardages of 200, 220, 195, and 135 yards. When it comes to the par 5s, The one on the front is short and reachable by all at 520 yards. You're going to have to get birdie on that hole all week. The two par fives on the back are very long as both are between 600 and 620 yards um, off the tee. Now, seven of the par fours range from 445 to 505 yards. Two are around 430 and two are under 400 yards. Off the tee, golfers will see average-sized fairways that are fairly flat, though there are a few bumps and mounds. The interesting um, thing about the tee shots here is the pot bunkers in the landing zones. Unlike most courses in America, where the fairway bunkers are in the areas off the tee where the rough begins, the pot bunkers here jut out into the fairway, making the landing areas way smaller. Uh, This is why I think some will try and fly these fairy bunkers and not have to deal with them. Of course, that's going to be wind-dependent. For those going the conservative route, it would be smart to pick a club off the tee where it won't roll into one of these traps. Now, if you just missed a fairway, uh, there is about 15 feet of playable rough. You land there, you'll be fine. But if you roll past easy rough, you'll be dealing with knee-high fescue. Uh, There are also holes where OB stakes come directly into play off the tee and sometimes uh, throughout the entire hole. Uh, This is where the Bombers cannot miss. Most of these OB stakes are on the right side of the course, so golfers who cut the ball and have a slice missed have to be very careful not to slice an OB on these holes. Outside of the weather and pot bunkers, the off the tee shots will probably be the most treacherous shots of the week. On approaches, golfers will see average-sized fescue grass greens that are relatively flat for an open championship. Basically, a direct 180 from the type of greens we saw at St. Andrews last year. This course doesn't have any of the Augusta-like mounds and undulations. Again, golfers will have to deal with greenside pot bunkers and knee-high fescue if they miss the greens wildly. Like most lease courses, the greens have a roll-up area where golfers can use the ground game to roll balls onto the greens from precarious lies on their approach shots. The greens will be
1: very slow with a stint meter rating of around 10.5 or less. Tambo, what are we looking for in golfers? Yeah, you talked about a lot of the stuff. The weather, the big factor, obviously, look to. We'll see how that goes as the week goes on early. Take, but sometimes you find that wave advantage, so we'll wait and see. Wednesday, myself and Mayo will be in studio recording as usual, so we'll look at that as the final thing we do for this week, uh, one of the final things, at least. And then the other thing, just in general, I was talking about this, Kenny, but at majors T to green in general, longer term stats, major success, things like that, which we'll go through when we go through the tiers. But I do think that's another interesting factor is that you do have a lot of people coming in. Look, you're not going to come into an open and get right very often. It's usually you can see it on the, you know, through the lines, you can see who's been playing well. Okay. That led to this win now. Get it. Got it. But The other part is we've been playing a lot of the most of these guys that we've been watching lately have been playing courses that either aren't the same as this, aren't like this at all, or are like complete birdie fest, complete opposite, all these different styles of courses. So at least when we're looking at stats, a lot of those stats are going to be from courses like that that really may not bring across what they're actually doing versus what will be uh, needed here at this course. So we'll talk more when we get into it, the driver piece that you brought up with because everyone knows the story about tiger uh you know like you say not busting out the driver all of that you know they've, they've made it a little bit longer but i don't think i think like you said that t- talks to the strategy he didn't care about the driving distance let me be accurate let me hit my spots and all that the rest will take care of itself and it most certainly did so that but for me kenny the biggest thing the strategy and we're going to go into this real quickly because this is the the new thing right they brought it back it's not completely new those were playing dfs golf for a while we've seen this before but 12,500 for scotty we finally got a price correction and now 52 guys below 6k below 6k 5.5 to 5.9k instead of just slamming everybody at 6k 52 guys below 46 guys from 6 to 6900 so a very similar pool but usually it's way you know usually that's just from 6k to 6900 now we have options to Allow us to fit these guys up top. So I'm interested right off the top, Kenny, get your thoughts on the pricing strategy, how that changes things for you tournaments, and then of course in your cash games, uh, which we'll talk about when we go throughout.
0: Yeah, I mean for cash, um, you could go either way. I, I had my my initial lineup was balanced. Um, you know, I had like Hatton Fleetwood, um, you know, Phenow, uh, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, and McIntyre. That was the initial build. That I had, but after seeing Rory play the way he played, I—I I mean, it, this is going to be—he's going to be in the mix. Uh, I don't see him not contending. I don't know if he'll win, but I think he'll be in the mix. So I had to go roaring, uh up top as like my first cash game cornerstone on eleven thousand nine hundred dollars, and even with that, I was still comfortable enough to have two guys in the six K range. Uh, and be fine with it because i'll go over my other cash game cornerstones but i have no problem there are golfers in that upper 6k range that are the same as 7500 golfers like you talk about all the time tambo now when it comes to gpps i'm going to go on what you say i mean i've been looking forward to this all week what is your strategy with this type of price frame
1: Yeah, I'll probably have a better answer on Wednesday because, like I said, that's when you get to dissect it a little bit more early going, though. I know, like, there were some people for whatever reason said, Oh, it's really hard, makes it impossible. They said to build a Scotty Scheffler lineup, and I thought quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. I think the 6Ks will come into play here heavily. Like, it's very easy. There's lots of guys, like, for example, Bobby Mack, who's going to be extremely popular. Not saying go play him, but at 6,800 already makes a lot of things work. You can go down the board. There's guys that just played well this past weekend that people don't even know the leaderboard probably, but JT Poston is the guy that just played well. And then there is guys in the uh, the lower 6K range, even that you can get to as well, lower seven. So I actually think it's very easy. I think the confusion is that you almost, like people are acting like you have to build a Scotty top dog guy to make it work. Like you can get Scotty in just, again, I'm making this up on the fly, but Scotty, Bobby Mack, and now fill it out with some of these 7K guys. Do like a bottom-up build from down here. And whoever it ends up being, if your guy's Gary Woodland or you like Brian Harmon or whoever it is you like, Russell Enley at 7,400, your state is still able to fit in whatever you want in that middle range there, Kenny. It's no different than any other tournament for me. So we'll see. The challenge is always when you have all these 6K guys, we know they're going to be in the mix. We said this, I say it every week. I think people take it ro- the wrong way, but like here's an example. So Lingmurth, who else? I think Poston. But Grant Forrest, knockoff Ricky Fowler, Ewan Ferguson, Lee Hodges, and Crocker, Sean Crocker. Yeah, some 6K guys made the top 20 this past weekend. Oh, so that means you have to play them. No, like how many of your guys, if you even dug into that pool, how many of you were getting to Lingmurth, Grant Forrest? I know some people liked them to say like Ewan Ferguson, Crocker, like you just weren't getting to these guys. It's way easier to find a build that's Rory mcintyre benny ann poston um hatton and someone else or whatever those builds look like but you get my point the jordan smiths of the world that are up there the the ryan foxes of the world that are up there so that's the other angle i think i know where you're going with your cash game stuff so like you said you can still get there but the other thing is like we always say kenny like 6k guys versus 7k guys they're basically the same in golf and in dfs scoring and at a course like this like when you have hatton at 9400 or fleetwood at 9300 these guys can definitely outscore a 10-7 Cameron Smith. So it's just the way it's golf. It's obvious. We just saw Patrick Cantlay hit the plane early last week at 10-what. He he was popular at the Scottish Open too at like 10-something, 10-2 or whatever it was. So point being, you can get into these balance builds. It's all how it actually plays out. But if you commit to thinking, okay, it's going to be Rory week, well, then you're going to have those cheap guys down low anyway. So that's that's when you're going to have to make that work to get yourself some different builds while still utilizing Rory McIlroy.
0: Yeah, let's go to this range. We got Hovland all the way up to Rory. I think we got like eight guys, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, that are 10K and up. I could be off by a couple, but seven. Uh, a pretty yeah, how many? Seven, seven guys from 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 Hovland
1: all the way up to Scheffler. What are you doing with this range, Tim? Yeah, again, early thoughts, but you know, I don't think I want to go away from Scotty. Rory is going to be even more popular now than before but like you said he's going to be in the mix it's just a matter of majors it, it only it, it, that narrative only goes till it doesn't but it's crazy to say Kenny I believe correct me if I'm wrong you know this best but we always joke about Rory and his 9 years since his last major isn't this his last major what, for, Liverpool
0: for the 10th
1: year yeah, well, I'm mm-hmm. saying I think it was in 2015, oh, this... That that was his last major, right? Was yeah, Roy... probably. I think I'm, so. I'm yes. almost positive it was. So I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, that's the funny part is that 2014 sounds like it was yesterday in some cases, till you realize it's about to be 2024 next year. It's been 10 years since that. So again, it does it has nothing to do with it, but Rory winning last week and this week that we're talking about and coming into this one is what it is. But I, I like Scotty. I actually like Rom. I'm still interested in playing him. at 11, Again, 11-2 is 700 cheaper than Rory. You know, tough test. I don't mind it. Um, some compare it to the 2021 Open, and he came third there. So I think that could be an option that's more set up like that. So I think Rom makes sense. And then the biggest question for me, and I'm interested to hear what you got on this one, Kenny, is Brooks. Because the only – I mean, I guess I like Hovland a little bit too because we've seen it in these Opens where people worry about his around the green game, and then you don't actually need it, right? You just – chip it up and around even if you don't want to use last year as the course example because it's not like st andrews the year before he still came 12th he's still excellent player t to green he still has great long iron tee. everything for me works i would imagine without jumping too far ahead kenny that even at the price adjustment and off the miscut that 9900 if i just add him in patrick Cantlay stays pretty popular just because now he's less than 10k he still makes sense the stats will still line up the people look at but really Interested to hear where you're going with Brooks because he's the other guy that I'm considering in this range, just for overall, the, the major moxie that he's got. If I play a fourth guy, I'm playing Brooks. Okay. So right
0: now I'm playing Rory as my first cash game cornerstone. We already talked about that. I'm playing Scheffler. Uh, you know, I, I I like the way I like that his misses off the TR to the left. That you know, most of his misses are hooks. Uh, and you can get by at this course with those type of misses off the team. Uh, and everything else is so good about his game, except the putting. And the thing about the putting here is pretty flat, pretty slow. Uh, should not be like the hardest, you know, out, you know putting situation there is uh, in the four majors. It's probably the easiest it's been uh, in the four majors we've played so far. So uh, the way he's playing, I can't get away from Scotty. And I'm playing Hovland. I think Hovland's going to win a major soon. Uh, I'm just going to play him until he wins one. I I don't – this is what's going to happen. I have a future on him, 25-1, to a couple of top 20s here the last couple of years uh, at the Open Championship. Ball-striking extraordinaire. And so I'm just hoping – you know, he's gained actually in his limited links experience. His strokes gain total average is two strokes more. He's been gaining two strokes uh, total uh in those what I don't know how many he's played maybe 18 to 25 rounds on links courses but that's not bad it's it's pretty high up there he's not the worst links player he's actually really good so i like him and then if i do play a fourth i'm going to play kepka not really sure if i'm going to go with him yet the worry i have with kepka of course is the way he goes about majors is that grinding conservative you know middle of the green two part if you make the birdie cool the thing about this course is there's going to be some scoring i would say six to seven holes are going to be under par average uh at, at this you know the, the three par threes uh you know the uh the four short par fours uh maybe maybe one of the, the short par threes i think they will they will play under par unless the wind is wild uh which i don't see quite yet and can he can he play well in those situations? Yes, of course he can. But his biggest advantage is that strategy in the grind it out type of, you know, format for a major. And I think there will be less grinding it out at this course compared to the other ones we've seen so far this year. It makes me worry. doesn't make me off of him, but a little worried about that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I thought the same. I think the weather does play a factor. Obviously, it's even better for a guy like Brooks if it's going to be you know, 10 under, 11 under, 12 under, somewhere in that range, versus if we get up to that 17, 18 or something. But uh the other guy I was considering there, Kenny, actually was Xander, if I wasn't going there, because Xander's another guy that just, you talk about just accurate off the tee, complete game, we know this already, but at 10-1, I just don't see how people get to him when you have the three guys up top, because again, Rahm will probably get squeezed a little. No, it doesn't sound like anybody has interest in Cam Smith at 10-7, by the way, but I was just, for I think for good reason, people are saying it's a different course, the last year, obviously, he's coming in off of a live win, but nobody cares about that. And then the price is just up there at ten seven. So So uh, when you can play all these guys below him instead, I think his ownership will be extremely low. Uh, but Xander would be another guy I would consider. I, I like Hovland, though, with you. So Xander, so for me, Scotty Rom are the two that stand out right away. Then those three at the bottom, it'd be Koepka's, uh, Xander, Hovland, with leaning towards Hovland and Kepka, But Xander... Uh, is interesting as well. If there's you know no weather or anything like that for, for the Kepka side angle that you brought up.
0: Let's go to the 9K range. My second cash game cornerstone is going to be Fleetwood at $9,300. I mean, four top tens, but in his last six, seven events, something like that, this is the home game for him. He grew up 10 miles up the coast. Uh, he's, you know, track record at the Open Championship, very, very strong, played well this past week at the Scottish Open. Probably not that, you know, 9300 not a horrible price for Tommy, especially considering how many people are above him in price. You're looking at like 13 or 14 guys above him in price. So I, I like that number for him. Uh, Kawa, probably my favorite GPP play. Coming off the runner-up, his last time out, you know he could play well uh, at league-style courses. A lot of people say uh, one of the comp courses here is Royal St. George's which, of course, is where he won his Open Championship. You know he's going to be accurate off the tee. You know his irons are going to be strong. Uh, So as long as when he misses the greens, he can at least do somewhat well around the greens and make a couple of putts. I think he's going to be in contention. I really like the 28-1 to number for him. I went ahead and bet that. I only made two bets so far because I'm waiting on weather. Uh, But he is definitely one of them. My favorite play on the board. Uh, Now, uh, I like Fowler. A lot too. Again, another guy who plays the open championship well. You know, his form is solid. Um, I like him as well for GPPs. What about you?
1: Yeah, early on, it feels like these five or six guys just stand out like just right away as Fowler, Spieth, Kawa. You mentioned the Fowler and, and the Morikawa stuff. I'm same reason on those guys. Spieth is another guy, though, that you talk about just showing up at majors. Uh, you talked about the one Morikawa won. Spieth came second last year, eighth. He's one of me. He's one here, ninth, you know, not at this course, but at, at an open. So, just in general, the creativeness that he has, the way he can just show up out of nowhere, I'm fine with it. So, Speeth, Fowler, Kawa at the top, and then Hatton, Fleetwood, Lowry, who you would expect at the bottom. The guys, I mean, Lowry, uh, former open champion himself. And then you go look at the way Fleetwood and Hatton are playing right now. It's just incredible. So, that's where you just kind of see it at these prices, Kenny, even in the balance builds. This is what separates you. If you don't want to play any of these guys up top, and you want to just hit this range up pretty hard. If you had like a Morikawa-Hatton-Fleetwood or or a Morikawa-Fleetwood-Lowry, that looks pretty good on paper, and you're still going to be finishing somewhere in the same range. Like even if you put Bobby Mack in there like would be in a Sheffield lineup, just using the chalk version, you'd be able to still fit similar guys in those last two spots. So I just think this is an interesting angle to look at, but this range should still get some love. I think it's going to be the 8K range that gets overlooked. Kenny, even though there's great names in there, for a major, it's just a matter of how good this 9K range is with the 10K range being stacked and the ability to easily fit them with this price setup that we got this time around. Yeah, Spieth in his career, strokes gain total, uh, averaging two and a half uh, positive
0: strokes gain total uh, at Lynx courses throughout his career. The best Lynx player uh, from 2014 to 2023.
1: And uh, to me, even when he was in bad form and not playing yeah. well, he would always still show up at the Open. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to
0: play it. Let's go down to this 8K range. My favorite play in this range is going to be Wyndham Clark. Uh, I know he didn't do that great this past week. He was my favorite play last week. Uh, but he was still inside the top 20 in both strokes gain off the tee and stroke gain approach at the Scottish Open. The problem was he was like 75th out of like 78 uh, in strokes gain putting. At least this was Wednesday. This was Saturday night leading into Sunday. I didn't see where he finished. He probably gained some more strokes today because he finished even par. Uh on a course where the winds were just whipping all over the place. So I expect he probably gained strokes today as well. We're recording this on Sunday. So I really do uh, like Wyndham Clark uh, down here uh, in the 8K range. Bryson is interesting. Like he – here's the thing about Bryson. Like he's one of the guys that would club down if need be because he's so long. But he can also fly these bunkers. And these bunkers are gonna be nasty. Like, like if people hit the two irons and there's a bit of roll, you could roll straight into these things still. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm not sure the way Bryson is gonna go about this week, but either way, I think he has an advantage just because of how long he hits the ball. Um, so I, I do like him. Um, I like Fina, I know he hasn't been playing great. Uh, but you know he's a stud at the open championship Uh, he plays these courses well it's only been two months since his last win so it's not like it's been forever now those those finishes since his last one haven't been great but at $8,200 I mean I will take a little bit of upside top 10
1: upside for Tony Fina no problem what do you think yeah I love I love the Fina call 8,200 bucks I think he's underpriced. It's like I said, that's where you don't know if you're going to get people are going to look lately and just say, what are the results? It's a miscut 45th, 32nd. But then if you go to the other way, like you just talked about ninth, third, 15th, 28th in the last four opens that he's played. So just bringing that up from a price point, I think that's good. The Bryson one is actually more interesting to me because you just talked about earlier, the off the tee stuff and just being able to, uh, you know, figure it out if if he does that. And we've talked a little bit about skinny Bryson back to skinny Bryson now since he's been back that way playing better and all that and he squeezed a little bit because i like kadeki i think people should like kadeki at 8900 it's a it's a fair price the numbers across the board will always be solid you you just look at him in general his open history not the best but again i'm just talking about from what we've seen this season he's had his ups and downs 8900 is a fair price though. clark having an incredible season you just talked about it, 8700 so he's going to stand out the most um Bryson right above him gets squeezed a little bit because I think people just always like playing decky and still go there. Homa showed a little something this past week. And I think he it can't go on forever, right? Like how how many more times are we going to watch these majors and say another bad major, another bad turnout from Homa for a guy that plays and has the wins and as good as he is. I think he's fine. His stats set up well from longer term. I'm good with him. Same with Sungjae. Uh You mentioned Finau. And then I guess maybe Justin Rose at the bottom, but there's not much else. Here that I'm that interested in JT Burns. Like I said, JT didn't come through last week again. uh, I think he finished T61 or something like it's just, I don't know. Doesn't, doesn't seem like a spot. He's going to pop And 8,600. The pricing still helps. Like I said, last week, pricing does matter at 8,300 last week. It still made sense, but now the field got that much stronger. The course likely that much harder. All these other factors where I just, it's it's tough to go back, man. Maybe I'll, I'll get burned, but JT is a guy I got to leave out. I think. Yeah,
0: no JT for me, no J for me. is just awful at Lynx courses. Uh, averaging, uh, what, a negative half stroke, uh, strokes gain total per round uh, at Lynx courses throughout his career. I missed a cut this past week. I just can't get on him. I do like Justin Rose down there, down at the bottom. I mean, if if a major has an oldie, old guy win, this is that type of major. Uh, and I, I like Justin Rose a lot, even with the miscut. Hopefully you get a little bit of discount ownership, but that really doesn't happen that much anymore off of one miscut. Uh, if the guy fits, people are going to play him. So I I expect him uh, to be uh, pretty popular. Let's go down to the 7K range. Um, my third cash game cornerstone is going to be Corey Connors. A decent couple top 25s at Open Championships in the last couple of years. Uh, having a decent run with some good finishes here recently. Uh, you know, I think it's three top 20s in his last four or five events. Uh, you know he's accurate off the tee. You know he's solid with his iron game. He's good in the wind. He's You know, so I, I like Corey Connors as my third cash game cornerstone. Other guys that are in this upper uh, 7K range that I'll be looking at, Ryan Fox with a good showing uh, this week. We If he can get that driver going, uh, I'm really, really – uh, measuring strokes gain off the tee highly uh, this week, and he's strong there. Uh, Patrick Green, again, the creativity uh, around the green, the short game, being able to play in the wind. His main miss is left, not right, so you don't really have to worry about the OB problems because, of course, he is not the greatest off the tee, but if he keeps missing left like he normally does with his little draw, um, you know, he could find his way out of that type of uh, problems, but you can't find a way out of ob problems that's going to be an issue uh those are a couple of guys i like
1: in the top range who do you like connor's who you mentioned i guess scott i could forgive i know last week people were on him he burned some people he, he missed the cut on the number though and this is what you say like you know what you're getting here at 7900 though it's priced in if he ends up being your guy that comes 25th or, or 30th he's probably still good like at least you could get that out of him and you go look what he's been doing before this i mean before the miscut 19th before that miscut but then 9th 8th 5th and then again, open history recently, 1546, the missed cut. But before that, he was always incredible at the open. So I think he's a guy you could go to. You talked about Rose being the old guy right there at 8,000. Uh, Scott's right there as well at 7,900. I was wondering if you were going to have a Gooch take. Because Gooch, obviously three-time live winner now. And he got a lot of flack for a lot of different things and saying stuff and all these factors. But all he can do, Kenny, is win the tournaments that he's in. And that's what he's been doing. So any love for Gooch... Some are saying he's even extremely underpriced based on overall talent, regardless of live versus PGA.
0: Yeah, I'm playing him. I mean the guys had like three or four wins this season. I mean, how could you not play him at that price? Uh, I mean, yeah, we've seen the live guys be successful uh at the majors. Uh they're getting their work in uh on tour on on in their games when they play these live events. Uh I got no problem with Gooch.
1: Yeah. I think he looks pretty good too. And if you go back, just looking at it, this is one of the things I said earlier about the stats and looking at the models We use Fantasy National, but just to talk about it and say, yeah, but remember, it doesn't include a lot. Like these guys have been playing a lot of these courses. Well, that's the other, kind of the good side of it at this one, Kenny, where you go back and see, regardless if you want to take these events in 2022 into play, but he was playing a lot of big boy events on the PGA Tour, the majors. He was playing, uh, which is of course still to this day, but then even before that last year, the majors, the players, the Arnold Palmer, the, the WMPO, all these bigger ones, farmers. And he still had good stats that relate to it in those. So he has carried it over, obviously playing well enough to at least beat all the other players on the live tour. So I think Gooch is interesting at 7,800. After that, the Reed uh, creativity you talked about. Neiman would be another live guy that I'd be comfortable with. Anybody else in the upper 7Ks? If not, you could take us down from even lower than 7,400. You talked about Ryan Fox.
0: Yeah, I mean, down below, I like Harmon. I mean, the guy's just been playing really good golf. I mean, three straight top 12s. He finished 26 here the last time they played at Royal Liverpool. He has back-to-back top 20s at the Open Championship. The guy's playing really, really good golf. You're not, you know, trying to get six under par, seven under par win. You know, I'm thinking 12 to 18, something like that. And I think that fits his type of game well. Uh, So I like Harmon down there. Um, I will play a little bit of um, Peters, who has, you know, pretty good uh, track record at Open Championships. And I, I'll go back to Norin, who's just strong on Lynx courses, really crushed me last week uh, because I had a ton of them. And I think a lot of people did. And I think you can get a little flop lag, a little lower ownership for a guy who over his career has been a tremendous Lynx player.
1: Yeah, I don't hate that call. I was trying to look up one other thing, but yeah, a couple, a couple of recent form guys. For me in there, you go look. You talked about Harmon already, and then he lines up even further because now the second with what you talked about with the two top 20s and solid back in the day. But Russell Henley, bad open history for the most part. But if you look, 16, 16th, 14, 19, 35th stats line up over some of the harder courses and stuff too. So I still like Henley at 74. I like your Fox call sticking with him. But Denny is a guy we've been talking all season about again you won't see it on the open history but who cares like it's he's a totally different golfer right now from anything and you go look second 20th seventh and sixth coming in i'm more than fine with denny mccarthy at 7300 gary woodland 7100 and then i don't hate your norin bounce back call as well and anyone else what about chris kirk i had him start as well for for some reason
0: I have him starred for now. I mean, top 20 the last time he played this event. He doesn't make too many cuts to the Open Championship, but the last time they played here, he did. That's um, what it was. And he's got a 14 and a 21st coming in. Mm-hmm. So, um, if we're going down to the 6K range, my final cash game cornerstone, pretty obvious. Robbie, Bobby Mack, 6,800. Pretty simple. I'm going to use him. He's going to be popular, but the guy's been playing. Unbelievable golf. It's almost like a free space and cash. I expect them to be very, very high-owned, and I got no problem with that. So cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Roy McElroy at 11,900. Tommy Fleetwood at 9,300. Corey Connors at 7,700. Um, and then um, uh, McIntyre at 68. That leaves like around 14,3, 14, 14,4, 14, a little bit less than normal, but we have these lower- uh, price players and other guys that do that. I really like Usti $6,900 Usti it seems like Give it to me because He's had his couple of Best finishes uh, on the live tour The last couple of times out Uh It's like he He knows that the only way he can be In other majors is to play This event well because He could play this for the rest of his life Because he's won But uh, so it looks like he's gearing his game to peak at the right time with a couple of really strong finishes over at live, you know, he's, he knows how to play at courses, former winner uh, at the open championship. I like Usti at 6,900 uh, a lot this week. I will be using a lot of him. Um, Other guys that interest me like Jordan Smith uh, up here, um, Andrew Putnam, who tends to do well on Link style courses? JT Poston, of course, who has been playing very, very good golf. And I'm going to give a little bit of uh, a little chance to Mr. Henrik Stenson uh, at $6,200. Again, his best live finishes have been here recently. Um, that three went off the tee. He's still accurate there. Uh, at 6200
1: I could take a risk on Stenson this week. Who do you like in the 6K range? I like the Stenson call too, but I was going to mention a few others. So, yeah, the the one thing I'll say here that's interesting because we talked about the strategy factor earlier, and you'll mention, like, Bobby Mack for good reason, but, like, right around him, Louis O, who you already brought up, Jordan Smith. Uh, here's what I wanted to mention. Like, Jordan Smith, Alexander Bjork, uh, who else? A couple other guys down here I was thinking of that did. So those are the guys that would have had some ownership last week, and this week they probably won't have near the same ownership. Even though they came through and kind of did their job, it wasn't they fully paid off their salary, if you will. Like you weren't needed in an optimal or something, but they did a great job. Yet I don't think because we have Bobby Mack here, I just don't. And there's others that people will mention. I don't think they get nearly as high. So I'm fine going back to guys like that. I like Danny Willett. I like a guy I thought you would mention, your boy, Thunder Bear. Olsson. This guy's another one. 15th and 25th in two of his last three. The 25th was this past week at the Scottish. Open last two times he's played it, 12th and 57th. The stats are okay. On Saturday, I believe it was round three. He gained almost four strokes on approach and lost with the putter. So he's finding a little bit of something there, it looks like. And at 6,600, I don't hate that. Poston, who you brought up, Putnam played okay last week. You want to play uh, Lee Hodges or Tom Hoagie? Guys that, you know, you saw Hodges, what he did recently, and then Hoagie, you're just playing him as a you know, a ball striker. You could do that. And then I like your Stenson call down there at 6,200. Not too much else here that I'm thinking of in this 6K range. Uh, I mean, Daniel he,
0: go ahead. Hillier. Hill, about I was going to, to say, say Daniel Hillier, mm-hmm. yeah. Hillier and and Ferguson down there at sixty one hundred deserves some merit. I mean, Hillier has three top fives in his last five events. Uh, Ferguson has four top 15s in his last six events. Sixty one hundred dollars. Uh, you know, that's something that you can look at definitely.
1: Yeah, and uh, Matt, now one more Matt Wallace. I was going to mention again, oh, nothing crazy to this, go off of. He, he just he just only finished forty second. This but his ball week. striking was nasty. Was this past pretty week. solid, and he's just really good in at 6k. I'm not going to stand here and say he's underpriced, but I'm just saying he's I'd be fine with him. Like, he doesn't, it's not that I'm like, oh, I have to really risk this. I feel like I'm playing a quality player at a fair price.
0: Yeah. Once we get down into this 5k range, I mean, Richie Ramsey, you know, true Lynx player, really solid, uh, Lynx player, someone you could play at 5,900. I was made the cut of the Scottish. Um, you know, Rosner has had some success uh this year. Um so you know he's another guy. Southgate, of course, is another guy who is a very, very strong uh links player. If you want to go like Rory and 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 Sheffield, you're gonna to have to go down in this 5K range. You could do worse uh than uh Southgate at 5600 Um who else do you like Tampa?
1: Not very many. Uh, that's yeah. where I'm saying I think what's gonna happen is people are gonna just No one's going to get owned down here, like heavily owned. I know Alex Fitzpatrick, Matt's brother, is 5,500. and people are joking about that, but they'll just never get to an ownership that matters. You can play whoever you want in this spot because it's not, you know, that's not going to be the thing. As much as I just wonder about the actual setup of it. So I like your roster construction if it's needed, but just in general, you mentioned it. Ramsey. Marcel Seam, People were liking him last week. He's a guy that you could pull across. People were mentioning Valimaki last week. You could see him get a little bit down here. Rosner you brought up uh, Samuja Southgate not much man like, like I said again I think you're just grasping down here and unless you're getting enough of them you're just going to be looking for lightning in a bottle and, and yeah you'll say that's what you need anyway but it's not like again just go look at winning GPP lineups do you need that to win yes I'm saying but is it oftentimes whoever got the lucky 6k guy that gets up there not very often like usually it's and even if that is what you find at the top of a GPP the, the lucky 6K Euro, in this case, we're talking 5K range because we got a new pricing setup. There's probably a lineup like right behind it that is incredible that didn't even touch this range that just had a Fleetwood double bogey at the end or something like that. And again, still, you need the winner. I'm just, my point being like, that's, you need the winning lineup to win the tournament, but that's where I just don't want to invest too much of my lineups into this stuff because then you just end up, oh, I got to get some of this guy. Oh, I missed out on that guy. Well, you really have to take your stance if you're going down in the spot.
0: Sounds about right. All right, let's get the bets for this week. I only have two so far. Uh, my first one's going to be a uh, future. I have Hovland twenty five to one that I got. I think at the PJ Championship, uh, and then I got more kawa twenty eight to one. I'll add more over on Gubbs Corner for my final betting card once we see a little bit more of the weather uh, as it gets closer to to t- to lock. Tamba.
1: Yeah, I'm saying I'm actually worse than you. I have one. I'm happy I have it though because it's Bobby Mack, 150 to one with five places. So absolutely uh, thrilled with that number. I was on him with the 90 this week, got the each way from it, but man, I was he was right there. What Rory did was just incredible down the stretch to steal that away. Rob McIntyre, he took the money right from us, so or Rob me, like I said. But either way, back on him for that. Waiting on weather and also waiting too, Kenny. Like there has to be some adjustment, or we're just getting absolutely screwed now because like everybody's 20 to 28 like the whole range, besides, you know what I mean? You've got Rory, but now that Rory won, I'm hoping too, that gives us a little bit of a boost to the guys behind him. But when you have Rory, Rahm, Scheffler like that, I think they're all 10 to one or worse. I think it's six, seven and a half and nine and a half or something. It's like, that's the numbers on them. After that, they just jam everybody from 14 to 28. it's like, man, can we get a 30 even on some of these guys? So we'll have to wait and see. I don't have too much else that's on the top of my mind. When, when it comes to that, I'll wait and see what the numbers adjust to. And we'll talk more about that on other shows throughout the week. Yeah. one of them done, I got more cow. I'm going to use them. If you got them. I like that one. I had like Lowry. Um, and then, you know, for, sorry, Lowry uh, fits were like two options for me, like Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, but then also Brooks Kepka and Cam Smith. Pro- last chance. Right. So not probably it is your last chance. So if you saved them, I guess you were saving them for this, or you were just not going to play them at all. But the way Brooks has been playing all season I'd be happy to get him in there. I I do think there's something to be said. What what was your quick Cam Smith take on the two styles of courses versus what, you know, last year and and a live win versus obviously not a PGA win? the problem I
0: have with Cam is uh, how wild he is off the tee. At at St. Andrews, you were able to get away with that. Here, if he hits that slice, I mean, he can go OB. Uh, It's going to be a problem for him. Uh, These fairways are not wide. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. Especially in the landing areas, especially the way those pot bunkers jut into the fairway. Um, something like this, I, I can he do it? Of course he can with his short game uh, and stuff like that. His iron play, he can get it done. But I just don't like the way, because even in his last live event, I think he was near the bottom in driving accuracy, uh, even though he won. Uh, because of course his putter was out of his mind and his iron game was solid, and his short game was good. But
1: yeah. uh, three hundred yeah, bucks on DraftKings, they're you know if you yeah. have them left and one and done, you have to pick. Obviously, if you have one lineup or in there and you've got one, uh, you've got them both available. You got to make your choice if you're going that route. But I do think, yeah, I would still side with Brooks here either way.
0: All right, well that sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. dot uh, com. You know the article is already released. I'll update it on Wednesday. It's a course preview article. Going over uh, Royal Liverpool Wednesday, I'll add, like, my final betting card, favorite GPB plays, fade of the week. Also Wednesday, I'll be on the E9 podcast Wednesday evening, just a few hours before lock, going over our final picks and everything else. So go over the gupscorner.com, use promo code Kenny, save yourself 30% on a membership.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo add me there it's the drive for 30k we're getting close now so check me out there we'll do some more giveaways and stuff have the tidbits out for the last major of the season so those will be out on early wednesday morning as usual somewhere around that 9 a.m eastern range but you can add me there for free and then go to shipitnation.com. check us out there if you guys want to see everything we have to offer over there it's everything you need to have success with dfs lots going on it's the last major of the year and then we'll have all kinds of other content throughout leading up to nfl which is going to be absolutely crazy so good luck this week Appreciate everyone, as always, for listening. Give us that like, subscribe. Give us the reviews this week, Kenny. Let them know on the way out. We need those reviews, right? Yeah, definitely need the reviews, need the five-star
0: ratings uh, on YouTube uh, and on you know Spotify, iTunes, whatever the hell you listen on. Uh, give us those comments. Give us those reviews, those five stars. Really going to help us out, expand the pod, the people who don't normally see it. Uh, no story time with Kenny this week. The uh, first one in a major with that one is because I've ran out of them. I am not as exciting as a person as I used to be. Uh, now, luckily, I do have some vacation time coming up here where I'll be uh, in New York City and I'll be down at Pinehurst coming up at the end of August. So hopefully uh, we can get some more uh, story time with Kenny action from those vacations. Today was a shorty, but a goody. This is a great event. Morning breakfast golf. Let's win some motherfucking money. Eugenation. Nation.